Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to Alters and Oyalt. Um, this week we are discussing UBI or Universal Basic Income. Well, I thought that was urinary based infections. <laughs> You've been saving Ooh. that one all week. So I've just <laughs> ruined my Google search history for nothing. All right. <laughs> no, I, I have not been saving that one all week. That's what that little pause, that little gap in there was thinking of. Well, what can I say about that? What can what can that equate to? And then boom, boom. Nice, very nice. Um, let's get right into it. I'll give you guys a quick little little definition. Um, so universal basic income, or also known as UBI, is, oh, actually, there's, in the definition, there's a few different names. It's also called unconditional basic income, basic income, citizen's income, citizen's basic income, basic income guarantee. Um, look, so a, universal a few... basic income does not have a universal name. <laughs> no. <laughs> not a good start, liberals. It's basically... A theoretical governmental uh, public program for a periodic payment delivered to all citizens of a given population without a means test or work requirement. Um, basic income can be implemented nationally, regionally, or locally. If the level is sufficient to meet a person's basic needs, i.e. at or above the poverty line, is sometimes called a full basic income if it is uh, less than the amount, it may also be called a partial basic income. And that's from Wikipedia, which I nabbed on the 26th of March, 2021. I keep writing uh, 2020. You keep doing that, man. It's been three yeah. months. You've got to let it go. It has been. It was a <laughs> shitty, shitty year. Move on. I um, just feel like I was in a, a bubble for that year, so it didn't happen. Um. One article that I sort of read described it in a sort of a really nice way of um, it's the government or a society creating a financial floor through which no citizen can fall. Yeah. Um, that's cool. That's Just there. That, was, that gave you yeah. nice, warm, fuzzy feelings. Yeah. Um, make you feel like the government cares for you. Um, perhaps unlike the current one that we're all the shit we're going through. Yeah. Have you been keeping up with that? Well, I just saw Friendly Geordie's put out a new video yesterday and I was going to sit down and watch it a little earlier, but I was like, whoa, 40 minutes. So I might yeah. need to do some stuff first and then do that. I saw that, noticed that as well. and had the exact same reaction. <laughs> just the, it's the picture of ScoMo. Yeah. And just shame for the, yeah, but they are uh, oh, they are under the pump at the moment, rightly so. Um, it's just unfortunate that it's about the issues that it's about and not, um, well, they took these sort of things for it to come to light and not the policy side of things earlier. Yes. And um, I just watched a video, have you, have you seen this one? It's ScoMo saying that the issue is this is, been uh developed or festered i guess well, that's a nice word festered um due to social media that's, Shit, well, that's his new new uh avenue of where can i divert this to yeah well all right do you really want to start another fight with social media you just lost the last <laughs> one i mean yeah and um and how long have the printing presses been around and the things that the murdoch media produced well, not print? that not that they'll be on his side any longer after he uh, said that they were going through their own scandal. Uh, <laughs> I've just got an image now of um, Skinner. <laughs> Scomo, am I out of touch? No, it's everybody else that is wrong. <laughs> no, 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 it's the children who are out of touch. Yeah, that's the one, that's the one. All right. Um, so for this one, um, what we're going to do, we're not going to really, really go through, uh, two articles each. We've just grabbed little bits and pieces, little talking points, because I feel that universal basic income does, it comes into a lot of the other issues and, uh, topics we've already discussed in, um, hmm. in the podcast. I, I found a lot of the articles that I was looking at this week on this topic, um, they were quite long because it is such a sort of, it encompasses a lot of things. Um, and so if you wanted to get any sort of decent article, it was quite a long one. So rather than going through an article and reading over it each, 
maybe just us discussing those things is more appropriate. Mm. Otherwise, we'll be here all day. All and day. I got shit to do. <laughs> um, I guess I'll, I don't really have an article for this one, but I think it's it could be a good way to help with welfare. Um, so instead of, so I don't know if you know much about welfare, but for example, like you've got, for, in, let's go back to the episode, we've got the current job seeker, job keeper, um, job maker sort of initiatives that have been running. But mm-hmm. I mean, they're temporary initiatives. There are other welfare initiatives, you know, with people with certain um, disabilities um, and you would, you know, get assessed, do a means test and then go through. They have different streams depending on what um, your circumstances are. So you might be, there might be, for example, you know, family A, family B, yeah, family it's a, C. It's a goddamn hassle. Yeah, it's a goddamn hassle. There's so many different um, avenues you can go down and so many different... uh, Yeah, it's a hassle. Uh, I'm struggling to talk about it right now, but I was thinking, or the idea was say universal basic income is maybe you could just have then a level one basic income. So no matter what you earn, everyone gets this set amount and that's to put towards, you know, food... Um, shelter, those sort of things. And obviously yeah. there are going to be people that abuse that, but um, people already abuse systems already. So that's, I think that's a non-issue or a non-argument. I think a lot of the um, the trials I've been seeing, like the one going on in uh, California at the moment, the Finland one, they're looking at doing one in Kenya. Um, it's just been a basic, yep, everyone who's in the trial gets this amount each month. There's no paperwork or anything. It's just, that's what you get. Um, yeah, and the idea is to make it simple, universal, um, so people can live their lives. Yeah, um, I think it would also actually help with education. Um, it might encourage people to also engage with the system and do their taxes properly and things like that as well. Mm. The way I sort of look at it from a financial point of view, I look at it as consistency within the economy like in 2008 um uh and even now with covid in some countries with stimulus packages the lump sum payments the idea behind them is to inject money into the economy to keep the wheel spinning it's essentially doing that on a monthly basis yeah and probably sort of shoring up the um economy and i mean it might not operate in the same way but it seems like it would operate in a more stable way because there is a constant uh, in and out of money within society. Yeah, like you're um, never going to have people worrying about their, um, their how they're going to pay their rent or how they're going to pay utilities or how they're going to buy food. I mean, that money is always going to be in the economy, in the economy, and it's always going to be turning. And it will make, um, like, from a political point of view or standpoint, budgeting a hell of a lot easier. You. You won't need to go, oh, is th- do we need to reassess this welfare system or are we giving away too much money over here? Do we need to make cuts here? It, it kind of eliminates those tough decisions. Mm. Do you do you envision it replacing um, a lot of Centrelink, so like replacing yeah. study and JobSeeker completely? or Yeah, um, you'd have like a, I guess, a streamline. So you'd just say, let's just say level one, is ev- that's what everyone gets. And then it's like, okay, I want to be a student as well. So then there might be like, you know, the student level or the, you could create different levels, but I think you could, it'd be more manageable. Mm. Well, I mean, uh, I just wonder if you'd even need to make different levels like that. Um, Because just in the the things, the things that I've been reading, like just even the the basic um, one level for everyone thing in, in Finland, like the, some of the, uh, the comments from that state, um, that study were, you know, I was able to write two books and publish a lot of articles and apply for a lot of positions in that time. Cause I didn't have to worry about getting menial sort of jobs that I wasn't interested in. Uh, another woman was able to open a, a cafe because she knew she had her steady income. So she could focus everything else on that and organizing that the one in, um, the U S in California, uh, some guy was uh, able to get his real estate 
license that he'd um quali- he'd qualified for for ages, but he just couldn't pay to actually get the license. Um, but he was able to do that because he had that steady income. Yeah, that's that's really cool. That's um, yeah. So maybe you don't need to do the level thing. It's just having that steady income so you can organize it. Uh, maybe you, maybe I- you do the maybe. I don't. Does the I'm just wondering for like a single parent, would they get it per child? Do the yeah. children qualify for universal like, basic income? That's that's the sort of thing you need to look into as well. Also, what age does it start? Um, mm-hmm. I reckon so you would I was, start it at the age someone's legally allowed to work would be good. Yep. Yeah. I was thinking, I don't know about this, or I don't know about you. So when you were working at Woolworths, right? Yeah. So we, yeah, we yeah. both started about what, 15, 16? Yeah, about that. When you you were probably taxes, 15, I was probably 16. Yeah, sorry, When you on. did your taxes, did you get all your money back? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay, good. Because we didn't earn shit. Yeah. No, I was just checking because technically it would be illegal for them to tax us because we couldn't vote. So that's that's taxation without representation. Is that is that something from like the American Constitution or something? Yeah, I think it's... Or American, Declaration of Independence. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, American that would be the concept. Declaration of Independence. <laughs> I think it's an American concept, but it's still, I think, relevant because... You no, it's still be, relevant. You should, yeah, you should be able to cast your vote if some, if they're taking your money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I was just curious because I couldn't remember. I was like, because they technically were overpaid me, so but I hadn't given them my tax file number. So like half my pay was just going into tax. So they thought they were paying me normally. And then all of a sudden they're just like, oh, oh no. Oh no, oh, we've dear. overpaid you. And then they're just like, oh, we've overpaid you. You're entitled to keep it. Will you give it back? <laughs> too late, too bad. Yeah, it's just like, well, if I give it back, I, I literally have no money because half of it's gone to tax. <laughs> So I was just like, oh, I'll think about it. I'll get back to you. And I just never brought it up again. <laughs> That's good because you just immediately went into running that place and then, you know, they couldn't really get rid of you. <laughs> I wasn't really running it. I was, uh, you were running uh, the show. You were driving those little forklifty sort of was, thing yeah. that lobs around all over the place. Doing that. Stacking doing... things here, moving things there, signing this. Yes, yes, yes. Um. Now, yeah, so yeah, I was doing that. That's a little, little Safeway history for you, Woolworths history. We can, we don't need to go any further into that. What the people came for, obviously. Yeah, they, they came for that. Um, an article that I've picked up from uh, Michael West by Callum Foote. This is from last year, December uh, 23. So a, uh, a guaranteed job radical idea to combat automation Aliation gathers momentum. So that's another big one for, or another argument for the old UBI or universal basic income is automation. Um, have you, did you look into much into that one? Um, well, I, I, it was more like a thought experiment for me or just thinking about it. Cause I mean, not really with automation, but the ability for people to choose fulfilling work. And I think those tasks that are going to get automated are those things that aren't necessarily fulfilling work. Yeah. Well, speaking of Safeway, like the retail, um, all the, the new robots that will be stacking the shelves and things like that. Oh, really? Yeah, they're, they're trying to get robots to stack the shelves instead of people. Man, people, um, you couldn't be doing that during the day. Or, people would fuck with them so much. <laughs> um, they're calling they, them un, unmanned stores. So stores without any cashiers either. So it's all automated. Any security guards? I'm not too sure. They'll probably have the, the cameras by then you know, and the facial recognition. Um, Amazon was working on... Have you seen that one? Uh, the Amazon, you walk into the shop, right? And it scans your face, and that face links to your bank account, and then it looks at the price of all the things that you're putting in your trolley, and it just adds it up. And then when you leave the shop, it just deducts that price out of your bank account, just based on facial recognition. Yeah, that's pretty mad. But how um, what's it called? How how what's the response time for someone walking in with a mask or something 
covering their face? How quickly do they respond and get security down there or something like? Can you get in and out in 30 seconds with a TV? Maybe, but I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I see these people stealing stuff and I'm just like, just let them take it, write it off on tax, you know. I don't know. If you're that desperate to steal a TV, what, what are you going through? Someone needs to sit down with this guy and have a chat, I think. This guy yeah. to go stole the TV or Bezos? Yeah, yeah no, the, the, the guy that stole the TV. <laughs> I don't know, he might look to flip it to buy food for his family. Who knows? That's what that's that's what I'm saying. Like, what's what's happening here? Is and does he need to steal the TV if we have universal basic income? No, he does not. Mm. I think it might also um uh, encourage a lot of businesses to maybe be better to their employees if everyone's got universal basic income and they can choose to work rather than yes. not work at all. I mean, I think the way Amazon does things is amazing for memes. That's great, the way that they treat their employees. (laughs) It's good for memes. Um, But in general, they probably shouldn't be getting away with that stuff. And if people have got a choice of whether or not they work with them, if they've got universal basic income, uh, yeah, I don't think they would be. They need to step up their game, which is probably why it'll never happen, um, I would say, in, in the States or probably not for a long time because there's so many big mm-hmm. businesses that would be very much against that. And uh, that's, so that's what where I feel the cryptocurrencies are coming into play. Um, a lot of big businesses are going to be against that. So people have gone, well, let's make our own money sort of thing. Let's, you know, digital currency and we'll just start using it and start purchasing things for it. And if it catches on, the value of it, you know, will increase and it's decentralized. How are they going to regulate it? What are they going to do? Um, but I India, those, those big businesses, like they may just not accept it. Like how can you buy something from someone if they don't accept what you're using as a valid form of currency? Yeah. However, Visa have announced they've got 70 million merchants now that are using cryptocurrencies. In the entire world? World, yeah. That's a lot of businesses. Yeah. yeah. Or is a merchant it's, just like individual um, little uh, boss boopy things? Yeah, I think it's boopy thingies. Uh, I, I'm not too sure. I'd have to look up the definition of that. But, but I mean, it gets um, your point across that it's becoming accepted. Yeah, it's becoming accepted. As I've seen an ad now on a, you know, the like the the football, the sports ads on the on the ground, like Telstra or mm-hmm. Toyota. I saw a crypto.com ad on an ice hockey field. Oh, sweet. So it's it's seeping in, seeping into the mainstream. Of course, ice hockey would get in on that. Yeah. <laughs> ice hockey is so weird. <laughs> that Yeah, that is, it is very, very weird. Um, I mean, they are amazing. They're brutal and they're real yeah. athletes, but they're, they're a bit weird. Yeah. Oh, they're... they're Definitely weird athletes. None of that, you know, Nancy Prancy soccer. Ah, oh, he flicked my ear roll on the ground. Well, to be fair, you shouldn't just thing. go around flicking people's ears. It sucks. <laughs> no, but it's it's, like and it's pull, also weird. A, a punch on's like a, a part of the sport. Yeah, what is you it? Know? Just as, as long as you have your helmet and your gloves off, you're good to go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Maybe we should have put like an outline or an agenda of what points we talk about and move between them ah that's right. <laughs> rather than just you know going by the free flow things. ah that's all right free balling yeah free balling have well a, um maybe have i can tell laughs. you a little bit about an abc article that i found from december last year yeah go for so, it so uh a majority of australians would welcome a universal basic income a survey finds uh so a survey from um uh, uh what's the group called and it doesn't matter what they're called essentially found that pretty much two, <laughs> two, well fuck they should have made their name bigger Maybe if they wanted me to cooler. reference it the green institute boom the green institute yep. a think tank of the australian greens um, i was reading in my article there's the center of full employment and equity you know what the acronym is center. coffee nice yeah see that's a good one <laughs> everyone loves coffee 
So uh, the survey showed 29% strongly support the idea of, so sorry, the first thing it did, it outlined universal basic income. So unconditional income support is sometimes called a guaranteed living wage or a universal basic income. This means that just as we can rely on basic healthcare and education, everyone in a society has a guaranteed minimum amount of money that they can rely on. Would you support or oppose a guaranteed living wage being introduced in Australia? Mm. So 29% strongly support the idea, 29% somewhat support the idea. So that's net 58% support there. Um, mm-hmm. 8% strongly oppose the idea. Uh, 10% somewhat oppose the idea. So 18% opposition. Um, and then 19% don't support or oppose and 6% don't know, which is just fucking dumb why would you say don't know on a survey that has no bearing it's not like it's a test just give them an answer even on, even on, even on a test you should always put down an answer don't leave it blank jesus yep no that's true that's if in doubt pick c pick something that's, that's the rule isn't it c is always right I wasn't there a B. physics physics teacher once that made all the answers c just as a lol we were Probably. in high school <laughs> And everyone's like looking at her. I didn't. I wasn't in the class, but everyone's like freaking out, looking at each other, like, "What is going on?" Like, is everyone else getting C? I'm. I'm so wrong. I'm getting all my equations wrong. Oh dear God. Oh dear God. I'm so failing this class. <laughs> cool. And uh, the other thing with those um, survey results was um, support for UBI was uh, universal basic income was pretty even across Australian demographics, except. Um, the only demographic where support dropped below 50% was in the oldest bracket. So uh, people over 75 years old, they only had 49% uh, support for UBI, which you can probably... Of course they did. You can probably understand. Um, and in Victoria, support was uh, 65% as opposed to the 50, excuse me, 58%, probably due to yes. you know, us being in such a long lockdown. And because we're awesome. Yeah, because we're progressive, you know. We're just, yeah. you know, here in Melbourne, we're just a bit more progressive than people in Sydney. Just, and our socks are dry. Yep. Yeah. Suckers. Um, that's what they yeah, get but, for all that land clearing. Yep. Yep, that is true. Anyway, go on. Koala killer. What were you saying? I was just going to say, I'm just sick of these bloody boomers. They got everything. Hey, seriously, they got everything from their parents. Well, that's how I feel. And now they're just trying to take everything from the younger generation. Yeah, it's pretty pretty gangster. Yeah, pretty pretty boss. They're just and they and they're complaining about it, which is why I I think people like Murdoch sort of epitomizes that. Like he's old as fuck. Yeah, and he's having this spat with his son. I don't know if his son's going to take over the business or how that would even work. Why does he? Why is he doing it? Is he just looking for a lasting influence on the world, like with his empire, or why is he? doing the things that he's doing or does he genuinely believe the things he's sort of pushing are better for the world maybe he just doesn't know how to do anything else so it's just like having a identity crisis Uh, yeah i i don't know but yeah it's like can't they just like show a little empathy which i suppose is what this whole ubi thing comes comes down to yeah, so obviously the, they can't. Yeah, we should be able to empathise with people. Like we should all be able. Everyone should be able to empathise with having done a job that they didn't want to do, but they just needed the money. Yeah, or working for someone who was a piece of shit, but you had to just grin and bear it because you needed the money. Yep. Um, and then that also ties in. So another point that I wanted to bring up for you. UBI. So this is from the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare. It's just the statistics of like domestic violence. And I was just curious. It's obviously um, domestic violence, I would say, affects more women than men, but men still uh, can be victims of it. Um, but just like, for example, I can, he- I can hear you looking at the eggshells and trying to avoid them. I can hear it. <laughs> Oh, oh, I, I don't can want see to, it in my mind's eye. <laughs> I don't want to discriminate um, against anybody. So, but I would like to word it correctly. You know, I just don't. I don't just, want to be going. You know, 
all just 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 men are assholes. Just go for it, man. <laughs> all right, all these men are jerks, and you know, I don't know. There might be one guy listening out there that's been it. He wouldn't be listening. Hey, to this. I'm delightful. Yeah, <laughs> no, I just meant like my 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 wife doesn't beat me. It happens. It happens. I think it's, it's much rarer. Anyone who's listened to us talk about this stuff knows we talk about it in general generalities where we can and we're not going to get too specific unless it's the topic that we're discussing for the day like the specific topic yes but look even what i'm talking about so one in six women and then one in 16 men in australia have experienced physical or sexual violence from a current or previous uh cohabiting partner so obviously women it's a uh on uh, it's affecting more women but it's still you know there's still some men out there that it does affect as well, but it's mm-hmm. heavily skewed towards um, females. So one one woman is killed every nine days, and one man is killed every twenty nine days by a partner. That's terrifying. That's one person, like one man a month, and then what three women a month? Yeah, like one woman a week sort of thing. Is killed. Is that? By their is partner. that nationwide? Uh, this one, yes. This was nation. So this is um, a domestic violence overview. I'll, I'll put the link in the podcast description if you guys want to have a look at that one. Mm. Um, but so the idea, like, if if everyone's got this, if you think about that sort of old fashioned type of thinking, like the man goes to work, the woman stays home. And you know, does the housekeeping, and then if the man's got all the income and control of the finances, like how many women are out there that are, are trapped in a relationship that they have no finances to escape from? Where I feel universal basic income gives you that leverage as well. So if it's like it's like the job. If you're stuck in the job, or if you're stuck in a in a house, or if you're just stuck anywhere that you don't want to be, at least you have that money that you know you can go somewhere else or get away so i get i get what you're saying um and i think um well because you you wouldn't have been at red when we did our family violence training so um that would have been after your time so the the government introduced new sort of legislation and sort of procedures for helping people going through family violence and so some of the training we went through for that was talking about what family violence is um, and one of the sort of, or what it can include. Um, one of the big sort of talking points on that was family violence. It also includes controlling people um, with money. So um, you know, people in relationships where one person controls all the money, they put all the assets in their name, um, they take all the other person's money that they're earning from work and putting into an account they control. Um, sign things in their names to make them financially responsible, all to sort of gain control and put someone in a precarious position. So I don't think necessarily UBI is uh, something that someone can use as a nest egg all the time if they're in that situation. Mm -hmm. But I do think it can be a very useful thing for someone who's got the support or worked up the courage to run from those situations where they've got something waiting for them there um so i think that's a that's a valid point not necessarily when someone's in that relationship because the way these people who are um sort of the the violent people are operating is that they're controlling someone's money as it comes in or they've got it set up or they've got them feeling such a way where they have to relinquish that control um But once someone makes the decision or gets the help to leave that situation, then it's a very useful and powerful tool for them to sort of get back on, get their life back on track. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that would be another question about um, UBI, how it would work. Like, is everyone got their own personal bank account specifically yeah, I, for a UBI that they have to have or can you nominate an account? I would say it'd be, a, yeah, I'd, or you'd do an account nomination, but it would be just for... It'd just be individual. Mm. I think that's well, I mean, the then safest you'd have, way to do it. You'd, the, probably the best way to do it would be to apply a lot of the similar rules that they've introduced in the energy industry where um, you know, there are, there are triggers that people are listening for to see if someone's 
impacted by these situations or um, if someone says they are impacted by these situations, you put a lot of security and extra questions on their account so someone else can't alter details on it, things like that. Definitely, definitely, um, definitely. And like you were saying, so if they, yeah, you wouldn't be able to have that nest egg either. So it's like if they do run, at least they know they've got that finance coming in because there's yeah. like other statistic here that says 42% of specialist homelessness services clients um, have experienced family and domestic violence. So then, you know, you've got people that are in a situation where they've run away, but then they might not have any finances and they're in a homelessness situation. Yeah. At least if you've got something, maybe you can book a hotel room or you, you, you're just comfortable because then you're in, you're probably already in a highly stressed situation. Um, and you just don't want to add those extra stresses to your yeah. life. Yeah. Um, so that's a more, I guess, serious topic or serious look um, for what I would say is a positive for why this should be looked into. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah. Um, so let's see, what, what have we covered? We've done sh- stuck in a shitty job can help with getting out of that. You know what? It may not even help with getting out of the shitty job. Maybe the reason the job's shitty is because you have to spend 40, 50, 60 hours there. Maybe if you only have to spend, you know, 20 hours there, the job's fine. Well, that was another interesting thing I found from, um, well, I suppose we can talk about work-life balance now. Another thing I found from that ABC uh, article uh, was what people said that they would do with their time. Um, oh, actually, I should, I will include the link in our description, but the yep. article was by Gareth Hutchins back in December of 2020. Uh, it's on abc.net.au. Um, but what people would actually do with their time. Like some people actually said um, that they'd work more. Um, so there we go. So would they continue to work as much as before or would they spend more time doing other things? Um, uh, very roughly about a third of people suggested they'd stick to their old routine. So if they're working full-time, they'd continue to work full-time. And if they're working part-time, they'd keep working part-time. About 5% said they'd spend more time working, which was surprising. And about 15% said that they'd spend more time socialising with friends and family or volunteering in community activities. And 11% said they'd spend more time exercising, like walking, hiking, doing sports. Um, Roughly 4% nominated creative hobbies, so that includes art, writing, performance, dance, theatre, media making like uh, films, websites, podcasts. Um, What that's telling us is what people really love to do and what to do more of is to get out and about physically and hang out with their mates. Uh, I mean, that's fun stuff, isn't it? Well, 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 I mean, that but that can also number. stimulate the economy as well. Yeah, cause... but also like maybe that would be your your initial thought, hanging out with mates, friends, family. But then, you know, if you're doing that for a year, maybe you mm. want to fill that time with other things like upskilling or some of those creative endeavors. Sorry, what were you saying? I cut you off big oh. time there. Oh, that's right. And I'm going to do it again. Like, <laughs> I was just going to say, when you are hanging out with friends and f- family and or doing that sort of thing, but then what are they going to do? Are they going to, for example, to the movies? Are they going to a bowling alley? Are they, you know, doing money in the economy where they're putting that money in the economy, um, and or you know, starting maybe they start a bowling team. I don't know. Holy rollers. <laughs> pin pals pin pals for life ah <laughs> oh, no i had a good thought and it's completely gone it's coming you back you haven't had a good like... thought in your life it's coming back no it's um the like uh, i can't remember if we we just spoke about this or we spoke about it in an episode but like during quarantine i think um or just down being down in apollo bay dad picked up like three or four jobs it's just like you know people want to work people want to have jobs i don't think if you just give them money they're gonna stop working you know i think um and i might have i might have said this to you another time or on another pod or just in general um that's probably the 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 core idea behind a lot of this isn't it that um yes people 
should want to work, but people shouldn't have to work. You know what I mean? It shouldn't, your survival and existence shouldn't depend on having a job. It shouldn't be if you don't have a job, um, you're not a value, you're not a member of society, you can't buy food, uh, you can't, you know, support yourself, you can't support your health. Like, it shouldn't be you've got a job, therefore you're part of society, or you don't have a job, therefore fuck you, we don't care about you. Um, if you die, it's your own damn fault. Definitely. Um. <laughs> so, you know, someone dying on the street of starvation, well, he should have just worked harder. That's his own damn fault. Fuck yeah. that guy. Lazy. Oh, um, when my when we went, when I was in Thailand, dad gave money to um, this poor guy that was like rolling around on a skateboard with no legs. And then one of the local ties was like, don't give him money. He's like the richest guy on the island. He's, everyone gives him money. <laughs> just going to say, um, you know, he was, just, he was a, a, basically a professional beggar. I think, um, also, I think a lot of great stuff comes out of people sort of um, being uh, a, little, a little bit idle, like, um, if people are working jobs they don't necessarily like and they're finding difficult and they're coming home exhausted or wanting to switch off mentally, um, it's a very different condition to being at home, not working um, and just being with yourself in that time. Like a good example that I heard someone mention, I can't remember when it was, Isaac Newton came up with calculus because he was isolating away from people to avoid the plague. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like stuff, stuff like that. So down, downtime and didn't, isolation. Didn't he have another problem though? Didn't I think he, he had yeah, some he, sort of other maths problem and he's like, I can't fix this. And then he goes off and, you know, just invents calculus just to fix this problem that he's having. Yeah, I think it was to, it was something to do with the the science of gravity. I mean, he got his initial eureka getting hit on the head with an apple, but there was I think there was some work after that that he had to do too. Like the apple didn't come down with the equations scrawled into it. P- possibly. <laughs> Just, I don't know. Maybe oh. there's some smart worms up there. Maybe smart. Um, maybe that's how he did see everything in equations. And he's just like, what do you mean you don't see the equations? What are you talking about? I mean, that's that. That's an extreme example that I put out there. But people just seem to equate um, time without a job with unproductive time. Uh, yes. And that's not to say that people don't have unproductive time when they're not working. Lord knows I have before. I'm sure you have. Every People <laughs> have. But they're not mutually inclusive. You don't have to have, like, time not working doesn't have to be unproductive time. No. And like that, like even, that lady from Finland I was talking about who, um, you know, used that time to plan a business because she had that income coming in. Yes. Or get those books written. Yeah. Or, I don't know, someone might um, decide to, you know, pursue um, an athletic career or, or a musical career in that time. And they've got the time to devote to training or practice because they've got that income. Yeah, definitely. Um, even like myself, so... I actually got my sponsorship at the start of the pandemic. So they were like, yep, we're just about to get you ready to sign all the paperwork and you can go ahead. But the way my business works is I was traveling around. So they're just like, well, we're not going to sponsor you in the middle of a pandemic because that would just be a waste of everyone's time and money. Um, So they they actually kind of did me a favor. I stayed on Centrelink. and you know went into quarantine but i was doing things in quarantine i was i mean writing this podcast sort of came after it i guess but i suppose we reconnected a little bit online um through quarantine or just after quarantine yeah but i mean i made the logo for this podcast well before we connected and i literally made that for a podcast it was when i wanted to i just wanted to try and start podcasting and i started and i was just like oh it's not the time it's not ready and then you know as i said boom you just popped up it was like hey you want to start a podcast i'm like i'm ready i got the logo i got a microphone let's let's test this out uh so far so good um yeah but i had that happening i've been doing a bit of writing 
trying to get my business up and running. So, you know, looking into working with people to make merchandise, organizing tickets, organizing QR readers. There's a lot, a lot um, going into it, doing my financials. Like I'm actually doing my financials, going through things with my accountants, doing all these things. It's not just, you know, singing and dancing and writing shows and songs. There's a lot of behind the scenes or production work that goes into it. Mm. I mean, like when the pandemic hit, I sort of had some time to think about, well, do I really want to keep working for this energy company doing this stuff, which I don't really enjoy. It's not what I see myself doing in the future or long term. And mm-hmm. just knowing there was that extra money with um, the increased sort of accessibility to job seeker and not having to, and I knew that um, the mutual obligations were suspended. So I knew I wouldn't have to look for jobs um, straight away. Um, gave me the confidence and the kick in the pants to sort of, uh, resign, think about what I wanted to do in the future, get some work experience, uh, doing some gardening and property maintenance stuff, and then deciding, yeah, I do. I want to go study horticulture and see where I can go from there. Yeah. So, and, and like also you, you, you thought about um, doing like a pizza shop or something. Yeah, I thought about doing a pizza shop. I went through a phase where I was making lots of pizza. Yeah, it just gives you that um, idea and the time to sort of explore those things. And I mean, I did something similar myself and I was like really stressed doing that. So I went from basically, we'll just keep it simple, any, working for an energy company or a moving service to working as an apprentice chef, but like really budgeting and like my finances and my time were very, very tight. And, you know, let's say I didn't get that. I was like on the verge of, you know, you know, the, the transfer between jobs is like I have to quit one job and get another one. And it's like if I don't like the chef apprenticeship, I then have to, you know, go back into the job market. But I will have to keep working as a chef to support myself and pay rent and do those sort of things. And that, and that was that was at Crown, wasn't it? So 24 yeah. hours, crazy shift hours that you might be oh, doing. I actually had really good – I had the best hours ever for chefs. I had – I think I had – Friday, Saturday off, uh, Sunday to Thursday, and I was working like eight till four. Like I had really good hours. Hated it. Imagine Fucking... lots of any any hospitality workers listening to this just booing, Hated booing it. at their yeah. speakers. No, there, there was. I think oh, I was doing guy. split. I was doing split shifts as well. So I think I was doing like eights till tens, and then like have a three hour middle but then like that three hour middle break i just stayed in crown because i couldn't really you know do anything or go anywhere um and then it was back to work in the kitchen and i hated it and i but the thing is like i love the reason i wanted to try that is because i love cooking and i learned i do not like working in kitchens i just like chilled homely cooking yeah, creating cooking is nice meals being a chef very different uh chefs are psychos and if there are any listening to this podcast they can guarantee that and they know it (laughs) i wonder what um the restaurant industry would be like if chefs didn't have to put up with that stuff and they could do other things because they've got that universal basic income that would be an interesting like an interesting experiment would um would a skill of head chefs then be looked at as um retention as as like so many other businesses value retention so highly would um a chef that's able to encourage and retain the team around him or a kitchen manager or whatever you know the structure of a fucking kitchen better than me but um a kitchen that retains people better um uh is able to keep their staff whereas one that doesn't loses all their staff and suffers because of it I'm not too sure, and also that I think the turnarounds for kitchens is pretty, pretty high. Or turnover, it's pretty high. Like, I think they're going through a lot of different staff as well, um, especially for like where I was because I was the way the apprenticeship worked. Really cool apprenticeship, actually. Um, you did nine months in one kitchen, so you learned like one style of cooking, and then you moved to a different kitchen for nine months. And you you jumped around um, four times. Was there a particular style of cooking that you were most interested in? Uh, yes. Um, 
have always and, interesting. And was there one restaurant that you were like, oh, I really don't want to do nine months there? Uh. Nah, nah, not really. Um, I started off in a little Japanese place. That was pretty cool, actually. Um, but the the cooking world is very chaotic, um, especially now because there's like all these new ideas and all these new fusions, and you sort of have to pivot. I think if you want to like stay competitive, like if someone comes up with a new thing, you have to try that and change that. Um, but then I also think like, then are you losing the, is it better to specialize in something? Like we make the best crepes. So we're just going to stick to crepes. Whereas if you, I think I feel like if you're constantly jostling, just I feel like if you're just constantly, constantly changing and trying to keep up with the trends, you're not really, you're just chasing the dollars. You're not really, um, have a night. You don't have an identity, I would say, you know? Mm. I don't know. You know, that you've got those little niche restaurants. I like those really cool little niche restaurants where, you know, they've been running for like 30 years and they just make that one thing, but they make it the best. And then, you know, you've got that huge line of, you know, 30 people that get their dumplings, things like that. I think that's cool. I get my dumplings from here every Thursday. Thursday is dumpling night. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a compass pizza not far from where I live. Every Thursday is pizza and trivia night. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like those cool little niche things that add character, especially like if you're a tourist as well. It's like, you know, um, what do they have in Japan? They have those like... Um, What's it called? It's like that green taffy thing. And the guys with that, got that, did I bring this up before? He's got that little hammer and then the other guy's punching it and they're alternating between punching and hammering. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's just like little mucky taffy thing. How high are you right now? Not at all. It's, look it up. It's, it's, it's this little like taffy thing. And like one guy goes like, Japanese and in between taffy thing. Yeah, and in be- in between, like the ha, huh, the other guy punches the taffy, and then the other guy hits it with the hammer. All right, so Google Japanese green taffy thing, and the first result is a video that you are one hundred percent correct. Mo- mochi, <laughs> yeah, mochi or whatever it's called. Like somehow there's this guy; he's got a sweet <laughs> headband on. He's clearly um, yeah, he's got the uniform and everything. or something. Yeah, and he's wildly <laughs> chopping and punching at this green. I, I almost wouldn't call it taffy. I don't know. It looks too solid. It doesn't look like glassy or clear enough. But anyway, he's chopping and punching at it. And somehow there's this guy with a big croquet mallet um, hitting yeah. it in between the chops and punches. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like I like those little yeah, it's niche called, things. Uh, mochi, M-O-C-H-I. There you go. I'm not, I'm not high, unfortunately. Um just talking about green taffy how do they come up with that idea as well all right i've got an idea i'm gonna punch this you go get that mallet over there and in between the punches you hit it with the mallet <laughs> i i don't know man i got yeah. no idea you're the chef Where? you should know the theory know. behind it i don't know what, what are they, they doing i don't know i know but i don't know even how they came up with it it really shows you didn't finish that apprenticeship. You know nothing about cooking, apparently. I, no. Can't I even tell me why they're hitting it with a mallet and karate chops. I told you. All the knowledge I deleted. All I have now is, I don't know, maybe the first 151 Pokemon. Maybe. Nice. <laughs> uh, that's not a complete loss. The originals, all the, the new ones don't count. Yeah, Gen 1, baby. Yeah. Gen mm. 1 is best gen. We've gone from universal basic income to Pokemon. Well, we had to stop by Green Taffy to get there. (laughs) Um, I think this has been a real fun episode, actually. A little bit of everything. A little bit of seriousness. A little bit of cooking. I mean, there was was some direction to it. Yeah. I think it's okay. Um, Well, you're up next week. Any... Any ideas? Any? Oh, you know what I noticed about our episodes, though? What do we do? You did Matthias Corman. You picked that one. Yep. And then we'll, the JobKeeper one, was that me or was that both of us? I think that was both of us. I think this was the 
first one that you've um, picked the first time we've started alternating. So yeah. what have you noticed? Oh, it was just like, it went like um, political and then it sort of went like money and then it's gone political and then it's sort of like money or like finance. Are you saying that you're greedy or am I greedy? No, no, I just saw a pattern. You greedy son of a bitch. I'm probably you're focusing I'm on the greedy. money. <laughs> can't focus on politics or whatever makes life better for people. No, yeah, it's just the money. The money. Um, now, sorry, any ideas for next week's episode? Well, I've been harping on about this for a while, but the state of unions in um, ah yes, <laughs> uh, in Australia post COVID, yes, is something interesting um, to me. But also, I don't know. I don't know if it's in poor taste to do one based on the struggles of the um, federal Liberal government at the moment. I no, I don't think that's poor taste. I think that's actually probably really relevant as well because that might mm. open some people's eyes up to what's happening or potentially even um spider mite outbreaks and how to deal with them did you say, say spider outbreaks spider mite outbreaks and how to deal with them got a, what's a spider fucking mite? fucking spider mite outbreak on a bunch of plants in the apartment at the moment so i'm just sort oh. of dealing with that is that some sort of mite that looks what's like yes is it, it is some sort of mite <laughs> but i'm assuming it's not a spider well, it looks like a spider. No, it's called, it's called spider mite because it weaves webs. Um, and if they get in large enough numbers, the webs essentially protect them from predation and they sort of make it harder to get them with pesticides because it's a barrier. I wasn't expecting us to go into this in this much detail. I thought that would be like a quick joke and we'd laugh about it. <laughs> no, because no, I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> yeah, it kind of ruined it. That's all right. Yeah, I don't know. Educational. Watch out for your spider mites. Um, no, what I was going to say was thank you to whoever voted, whoever the other voter was on Twitter. Yeah, it wasn't just it wasn't just me this time, was it? No, as soon as the vote for unions came up, I'm like, oh well, there's uh, there's Alter's vote, and then there was some other random um, hero out there that had selected did, UBI. Did you vote? No, I can't vote. You can't vote. Oh, so you couldn't act as the tiebreaker? No, I couldn't. I I got to pick out of those two because it was 50-50. Nice. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, I will post something on uh, Twitter. Maybe I will ask people to vote. Yeah, well, it's your... It's my week, I'll, baby. I'll uh, You post it and I'll retweet it. It's your week. And you vote uh, this time. And I'll vote. That's, yeah. <laughs> All right, um, I think that's us done. Yes, that's that's it. That's a wrap. Um, damn it! I came up. I came up with a, a closing. And now I've forgotten it. You're getting jealous of my little uh, stay yeah. safe and stay informed. Yes. Um, damn it! I'm Ron Burgundy. Stay safe and stay informed. <laughs> I'll just say like, see you, suckers. <laughs> Peace. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm closing off now. So if you want to do your little sign off, and then we'll finish it there. Well, as always, uh, Jimmy, it's been good talking to you and all our listeners, all dozen of them. Stay safe and stay informed. <laughs>